0: This is Big Ronnie, and you're listening to Without Your Head. And if you don't enjoy this, you're making a big mistake.
1: The station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil i'm treacherous trista and we're joined here by a lot of people a fine people <laughs> of sick and wrong and they're making a film fat fleshy fingers which i feel personally attacked by i thought maybe <laughs> about me or something but so here we go the, why doesn't everyone introduce themselves
2: uh i I guess I should start. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Ah, hello, everybody. I'm Steven Stull. I'm the creator of the Sick and Wrong Film Festival. And uh, I thought it would be a great idea to make a movie with all these fucking weirdos. Uh, And I don't regret it at all. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else say something now. Yeah. This
1: is very well organized.
2: Now, Michael yeah. Epstein,
1: why don't you introduce yourself? I, I am Michael Epstein, and
3: I uh, thought it was a bad idea to make a movie with all these weirdos, but um, and I and I
1: already regret it. <laughs> How about I, uh, Anthony, and Gerline here?
4: I'm Gerline, and
1: hey, Anthony,
5: and yeah, we're in New Orleans, hanging out.
1: <laughs> Nothing about regrets. <laughs>
5: no, no regrets, yet. We'll, see what regrets happens. yet we'll see how it goes yeah. Lauren, have
1: I fun. guess I should have kind of just introduced everyone Lauren, but then we wouldn't know anything about regrets
6: <laughs> No, I, I would know I'm thinking of what I regret um, <laughs> We're going to so get real things, real
2: personal here
6: <laughs> But um, No, no regrets um, My name's Lauren I'm in Western Mass right now But I'm located in Boston usually Boston.
1: I was just in Boston This week, the first time since the pandemic
6: it's uh you know it's nice.
1: Yeah, it was hot. I was we've very got, sweaty uh, like we beans, about.
6: I guess. I don't know much about Boston to be honest.
1: But... <laughs> Fair enough. I'm drinking coffee that I bought there. This is very interesting. How about and you don't know about regrets yet? Oh um no <laughs> no yeah, about you What do I regret? Coming on <laughs> the show.
6: not not preparing better, maybe. <laughs>
1: And I'm uh, Michael, who just joined us. Who I believe may be muted. He's unmuted. Hey, yeah, I'm Michael Arcos.
7: I also usually am in New Orleans, but I'm on this strange camping trip in Mississippi, and I had a hard time finding um, um, Wi-Fi. So I'm at a Waffle House right now. Nice.
0: You <laughs> get a good the- view.
5: Nice. <laughs> Excellent. The-
3: yeah. Are you gonna listen to the Waffle House songs, like the custom Waffle House songs Oh yes, this
7: one. This one doesn't seem like. You know, this one is uh, musicless.
0: Oh, oh
2: man!
7: Actually, I, I think they they might have like. Well, you don't, you do they have
2: a? We have a jukebox. The, they have a jukebox over there. You supposed to drop some quarters in? Mm-hmm. That's like I remember. It's been a long time since I've been inside even, a Waffle House.
7: Even, oh yeah, they have one, one of know. they have one of those jukeboxes <laughs> where you can play
2: and put
3: whatever. Yeah, definitely right here.
2: See that Michael? They do have a jukebox.
3: No, 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 the jukebox is where you play. I'm saying it's embarrassing that you don't know because like the Waffle oh. House has a whole bunch of custom songs written about the Waffle House. Really? I'm. Um, never right one? My favorite my favorite song is going back to the Waffle House.
2: <laughs> <laughs> give us a give us a quick rendition, Michael.
3: I'm going back back to the Waffle House. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's all you get. That's Without fantastic for the, the jukebox that's
1: all you get. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, it's I feel like you and Sophia should have done one because I remember last time I was with you guys you were playing songs that you made for like local places in uh in Boston. Yeah,
3: the the, the Waffle House songs are all written by the wife of the founder of Waffle House. They're all like, per, I think, performed as well. This it's is more than
1: I've ever known about the Waffle House.
3: It's, it's the best part of the Waffle House.
2: <laughs> Do you know uh, FEMA, FEMA uses Waffle Houses as like a, 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 a marker for how bad disasters are in certain areas? Like whenever a tornado cuts through or something, as long as the Waffle House, like whether the Waffle Houses are open and serving food or whether they're open and just serving coffee or whether they're closed, like tells FEMA how bad things are in the area.
0: Yeah,
1: I've only been to Waffle House once, and uh, it was it like three AM and at night? And some guy just hanging outside offered us five bucks to drive him down the street. And it was—I was not for this, but the driver <laughs> wanted the five bucks, and the whole time I thought we were all going to get murdered. But
2: I've been kicked out of Waffle Houses on multiple times, actually. That's probably why I haven't been back. To, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first, the the easy story is that we showed up at like four thirty, and around 1130, the people behind the counter were like, all right, the church crowds come in and you guys have to go. We need these spaces because <laughs> we just drank coffee for seven hours. Uh, and they're like, all right, that's it. You have to go. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know all about this. <laughs> So now that we got Waffle House out of the
2: way. <laughs> Waffle House is done. You, we, we didn't get all the, the good sweat talk on, uh, on, my, on, on camera here. Sorry, those people we listening have,
1: right uh, now. Part of okay. podcasting is you have to leave them wanting more.
2: <laughs>
1: <Part two. laughs> We'll get into the
2: sweat. Yeah, I, I started things off kind of sarcastically. I apologize. I'm actually, I uh, I am really fucking super excited about this project. I'm really glad to have these filmmakers here. All of these filmmakers are people who've had movies at the, the Sick and Wrong Film Festival. Uh, and they're just incredible creators. I've never seen anything uh, like the stuff that these people on camera right now have made. And that's one of the reasons I brought them together because they're so... Beautifully bizarre. And uh, I wanted to put their voices together on a weird movie.
1: So when did this idea come about? Like, when did you start thinking, you know, you've been doing sick and wrong for a
2: few years and yeah.
1: Together make something, you know,
2: I think it was after, I think it came to me. So last year uh, was just a general garbage fire for everybody. Uh, Sick and wrong went online for the first time. uh, And hopefully last time uh so we did that the festival finally took place in july when it was originally scheduled to take place in may anyway in december i did um i organized a uh a 72-hour film challenge thing called the debacle and that's how i met a couple of these people well no lauren anyway that's how we got lauren into the fold what's the debacle and it was just so much fun um like I, the way it worked is I gave everybody prompts. I gave everybody, generated some random prompts, gave everybody prompts. And then they went and made movies uh, based on those prompts in 72 hours. And it was so much fun. Uh, After that is when I started really thinking around, like I would love to put people, you know, I like bossing people around and telling them what to do. So I, I, you know, I said, I I don't know uh, after, um, after the debacles, when I just had this idea, Hey, why don't I, bring people together and you know find the I made I tried to make a short list of filmmakers I would really love to have on a sick and wrong movie and the short list wound up being like 50 names long uh and I didn't think that was a great idea so I I whittled it down and um anyway yeah it was after the debacle after seeing what came back from all of these people doing creating movies based on just some <laughs> random fucking ideas i had and threw at them it was really inspiring and so i decided to do it in like a, a more serious kind of way instead of just because i was rolling dice and giving buddy weird moods and story elements and things like that so i don't know i thought i wanted to do it for for realsies
1: right <clears throat> so uh each person here i uh, will start with uh, michael a- arcross uh, how did you get involved and how long have you been uh going to sick and wrong
7: wait a second i don't think we met uh trista or maybe oh, trista. I came in late okay or, or maybe um i i, I don't think i
2: oh, no. she works here
4: oh, nice I, to meet you <laughs> i'm not a filmmaker i'm oh, okay, a okay, okay,
2: I see. Oh, okay okay thank you <laughs> Hey, I'm all scrambled.
4: Here. That's right. <laughs> okay, just <anticipation>. Scrambled, ah.
2: <laughs> scrambled like the eggs at Waffle House. Yeah, that's right, that's now that right. we're talking to Trista, I am
1: curious about the the picture behind her. I'm not sure what this is. That's Helena Bonham Carter. Oh,
4: it is Helena Bonham Carter. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I like it. It's Fight Club and the Queen. But nice. Michael,
7: sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. Go on. No, I'm also admiring. It I'm also admiring the uh, Norman Bates uh, painting, the black. Oh, and thank you. that was hand painted really
1: by my friend Annabelle for my uh, for Christmas one year.
7: That's really good. Um, sorry, the the question was, I guess, how I, I got involved.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, like, how long have you been going to or been part of Sick and Wrong, and then how did you get involved in the film? Yeah, I mean,
7: Sick and Wrong has been on my radar for maybe, I think for years and I've been submitting um, since then and it's always been like a great platform for um, my work and um, places to explore some other work that I don't usually share um, and having um, good conversations with us (laughs) here and there. But um, yeah, I was excited about this project and um, really looking forward to, to seeing what we all come up with.
1: Uh, Lauren, we found out that you started with the debacle. That's how you uh, were part of Sick and Wrong. What did you submit for it?
6: Oh, um, I made a, a, a film, I guess, incorporating I um, collage together some unfinished footage. I'm an animator. Um, so I had a bunch of like kind of materials that I had um, like stop-motion puppets, I um, I was given the prompt of uh, my film had to be horny and it had to involve um, body parts going into household objects. So I took like an old puppet. Right up and, my alley. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I took an old puppet and um, it, it was a headless puppet. So I attached a tea bag to it and um, dipped it into a, a, a mug. And that met the criteria technically, I guess, but it was, it was called um, nice slash good white lady capitalism. Um, and it was kind of about, uh, being, uh, feeling a million things being confused about, uh, owning sexuality versus, um, selling oneself as an artist and, um, Things like that, kind of maybe, uh, mostly just trying to be a, a silly, funny. Um, it was about masturbation. I should have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just said that. So,
0: um, what are you
1: said there really, I think, uh, personifies sick and wrong because some people might think this is just. Let's just do something gross and sick and wrong. But a lot of it, it was, it's our. There's also more to it. It's not just let's just make something as awful as we can think of, and there's no yeah. nothing else behind
0: it.
6: So it was yeah. There's like it, it was like supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable. Like I have some weird, some weird memories of um, being. Oh, I don't. I we won't. Don't have to get into specifics. <laughs> Watch the film, maybe. I was going to say, can we see the
1: film? Is it online? Or?
6: It's on my Vimeo. I'm, I have a Vimeo. Or you could go to my website, laurenflinner.com. F like Frank, L-I-N-N-E-R. Right.
1: I'll check this out after the show. Uh, uh, Girlene and Anthony, how did you get involved with Sick and Run? Uh
5: We actually met Stephen at Florida Film Festival and just got to talking with him. And then um, we... We're what get up hero got into sick and wrong. And then we also had cosmic spaghetti. We did the debacle. Um Yeah. We just like Steven. He's cool. <laughs> so when he asked us to be a part of it, we were like, Oh yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Mr. Epstein.
3: Uh, well, I'll try to be brief. You know, I'm, you all know I'm bad at that, but uh, we, we met Steven. Um, I think three years ago at, at genre blast actually. And he came up to us and said, here is a tote bag for a festival that I run. And I think it did it have this art on it. Mitch? It
2: did. Yeah. That was the I'm art. Anyway, I'm oh wait, no, art. it didn't. It's it did. just a
3: little different. Yeah. But it's similar. Anyway, Steve will show you the tote bag, but he came up, he's like, I run a festival called sick and wrong. Uh, I don't know if he said he was from Florida, but somehow I, I gathered that he was from Florida. <laughs> I just you
2: have know. that Florida man look to and me. He had the
3: Florida look, and then he's like, "I got a movie playing, uh, you know, in a session later called the Jerry Show," and I'm like, "All right, I am not feeling really positive about a festival called Sick and Wrong from Florida uh, with a with a guy, you know, like uh, the, with, with Steven, this guy Steven, That met. I'm like, I'm a little iffy on it." So The Jerry Show, which if, if anybody has not seen The Jerry Show, incredible film, Stephen made it. Um One
0: of my
3: favorites. I started watching it, and I'm like, man, this is a really offensive and terrible movie. And then, like, about <laughs> two, two minutes into it, I'm like, I, this is my favorite movie that I've seen in, like, in a year. You know, like, this is an <laughs> awesome movie. And then I'm like, all right, I like this guy, Stephen. I'm, I'm into it. Tell me more about this sick and wrong thing. And uh, so then, you know, we we had um, the first – uh, the year after that, uh, we we had a film that we produced called Halfcock that played there, and then last year, um, our film called Pride played there and won the weirdest boner award, which is the the greatest award that I've ever received in my life. Probably will be <laughs> the greatest uh, award that I'll ever receive in my life. And um, and we've just been you know chatting uh, all pandemic. Stephen has been somebody that that we've talked to regularly on the on the old internet. And we've collaborated on some projects um, in the meantime, including a feature film called The Transformations of the Transformations of the Doctors Jenkins. And um, so, yeah, you know, it's been really fun, fun uh, working with him and being associated in some, in some way as a filmmaker with the festival. And so we're really excited to be part of this project and to,
2: you
1: know. uh, Stephen, do you do the uh, artwork?
2: No, 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 no. Every year, I hire an artist. So um, the uh, the shirt that Michael and Gerlin are wearing, uh, that art was created by a fellow named uh, Jimmy Gigrich or Gigirich. Sorry, Jimmy. I don't uh, out of Baltimore. Um, This he's also the one who made the artwork for um, this tote bag. This was the tote bag that I foisted on Michael and Sophia when I first saw them. Uh, the you know nasty film canister Uh, (laughs) um, this year uh, I haven't I'm behind on a lot of stuff I haven't hired my artist yet this year for this year's art but I do have a new logo a black metal logo by a Finnish artist named Krisu Um, and then this was our 2020 art yeah I love that this was uh, where's my mic. This was created by an artist named Kylie Marklin, who is also doing some art for us for the perks on the Fat Fleshy Fingers Kickstarter.
1: So when you uh you know you decide you want to make oh, yeah. a movie with everyone, um, mm-hmm. how do you do? De- how do you decide you know what we're gonna make and how are they connected?
2: Um, I <laughs> so okay, I the first year I did sick and wrong, I'm doing this a lot. Like I did sick and wrong the festival in that I have no clue what I'm doing. Uh, I did a modicum of research by bugging a couple of friends of mine uh, who had been involved in anthologies before and taking a look at some, you know, whatever agreements or anything that everybody had. And then I just, um, I had this idea. I don't know where it came from. I was reading a lot about like mind control parasites And I had this idea about like a a, a pretty horrific uh, um, sexually transmitted parasite that would like control people's minds. And I guess I did things the wrong way because I I hired my friend, Katie Gellhart. She's a a, a, a effects artist and pyro artist and just general all around uh, artistic Swiss army knife weirdo who lives in Germany. I hired her to make a bunch of worms for me at a, with a, you know, she's a, a very skilled artist, and I paid her a lot of money to buy to to make these things. And so she started working on those. And then I thought, oh shit, I guess I should get some filmmakers on board. Maybe nobody wants to do this, you know. <laughs> um, fortunately, the, the filmmakers I reached out to, in large part, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to spill any tea or whatever. Uh, in large part, the filmmakers I reached out to were very enthusiastic. Um, in fact without, you know, I don't want to, anyway, the people who, who, who did, who turned me down didn't do so because they weren't interested. They did so because they had, you know, a lot of, a lot going on and didn't have time and didn't want to, um, over on what they could deliver, you know? And, uh, so they weren't able, but everybody I, I reached out to on this short list was, was really thrilled about it, especially because since I did everything backwards, I was able to entice them Hang on. I got a giant box here and there's no organization to it.
1: It's like carrot top.
2: There we go. Yeah, yeah, my props up here. Uh, I was able to entice them with this guy. Here he is. <laughs> this is our worm. This is, this is what Katie Gellhart created for me. She designed it and sculpted it uh, from scratch. I mean, from her materials, but like, I, oh, the lighting is a lot better than I usually have. So you can kind of see the fleshy sort of splotchiness to it. And you can almost see some of the like weird vein work inside it. <laughs> so yeah once I had once I had these in hand I could show them to um, the people I was talking to and, and I think it had a, a, a strong impact on whether they wanted to pr- to participate <laughs> at least I hope so I don't know I don't know why they decided to participate I, right. I'm well, glad they did, them, well, did this, we could ask them yeah. this,
1: did that sculpture have any uh, Im- impact on your decision to be involved does anybody have any names for it yet does anybody oh, has anybody
7: given
2: like a name to it uh, I have a friend who named who who threw out a name, um, and uh, I don't know whether it applies to all of them. Like I welcome you guys to name your own worms, but I'm calling mine Spoogie. <laughs> because of my friend Pamela. She named it, Spoogee.
0: it just Cute.
1: Looks like a Lego that it would connect at the top to other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Turn them into a big worm Voltron. <laughs> So does did everyone, you guys,
1: did everyone get their own
2: everyone yeah
1: has theirs now,
2: yeah, I thought
6: about bringing it into my to my job to take a picture with it because i work <laughs> i make i make teeth um <laughs> I make like
2: no further comment
6: (laughs) (laughs) for like to go in people's mouths, like crowns and things like that, and 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 it's just like a really quirky looking little like laboratory setup. And I really want. I, I just started the job only like two weeks ago, and I really was. I I brought it in my car. I was like this close to bringing it in and being like hello new coworkers! please take a picture of me with this in front of this laboratory equipment and my and my creepy gloves and
2: <laughs>
6: that i chickened out because
2: <laughs> it, it's amazing
6: a, yeah a big gross worm
2: <laughs> and i don't is okay so somebody give me a kind of a reality check on just how perverse does anyone else look at this thing and think that oh that's weirdly sexual that's yeah, uncomfortably. It's very valid. Okay, good, good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I noticed someone on Facebook mentioned Bad Dragon, and uh, oh yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Every time I post about it, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. I try to I try to uh, sway the conversation away from uh, those elements, <laughs> but you know, it, it comes with the territory, I suppose.
2: Right. Although I guess, in some of our production meetings, I won't. Uh, I'll leave this as a tease. I'm not gonna. Uh, spill all the details just yet but some of our production meetings like that sort of interpretation of the shape of this thing is not lost on the filmmakers (laughs) we have some plans
1: uh girline and anthony so when you guys are made i don't know how far along anyone's project is like have has people have people started to film them already or
2: as far as I'm aware, no. I don't. I don't want to speak for anybody, but uh, everybody's kind of waiting on the outcome of um, the Kickstarter campaign, right, right, right? The Kickstarter, which we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the <Where's>
0: stop!
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's wow. got something to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so on the Kickstarter, you just uh, we'll have the link up there. People can go to. It. There's a lot of cool perks on the Kickstarter.
2: I think so. I hope so. Um, everybody here is offering something. Um, kind of personal. Uh, Lauren is recreating religious artworks in her own style. Um, Michael is doing. Michael Arcos is doing a uh, uh, an embroidery. He is offering an embroidery of um, of of the worm. I've seen a couple of pictures that he sent me. They're gorgeous. Uh, oh, like Ger- yeah, yeah. They're fantastic. Uh, Gerlin is designing some. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, some cam. And by the way, just a side note all of the perks are campaign exclusives. Like they're not, um, this is one of the things that was, that was really important to me before we started the campaign is that I wanted everybody who backed the campaign to get a, a a unique experience, you know? So like, for instance, there is, It's hash browns hash brown. so for instance there is uh one of the perks is you get to watch the movie in a live uh an online secret screening but it will only the screening will only be available to backers uh everything like everything else i'm not, we're not gonna sell tickets to that screening it's gonna be specifically for the backers and all of the perks are specifically for the backers um Oh, I didn't mention Garlene's designing a a postcard that's going to be specific to the campaign, like basically kind of a a thank you postcard for the campaign, and the only way you're going to get one is to back the campaign. Uh Michael, oh yeah, Michael has offered himself up as a um uh some a sort of He's a gonna sacrificial lamb. He's going to be yelled at. Yeah, and we have some takers on that already.
1: <laughs> it's, it's free to bring up Sophia just joined the chat room here.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah,
3: she's she's uh it's are it, gonna be buy that be, herself be yeah. here for this but i also i, I just want to add it's not an official perk but i'm willing to record uh covers of any of the waffle house <laughs> songs, uh, as a bonus for, Dang.
1: For I might have, i'm gonna have to throw down for that
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just post for no reward and then message me and we'll make it happen
1: i love it uh tristan do you have a question
4: I'm interested in the logistics of running a Kickstarter campaign because it seems like almost a full-time job and a lot of people I know have done it, but I haven't.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty terrible. Um, I uh, honestly... Whatever. Um it's important to have, and by the way, I shouldn't even be answering this. Michael Epstein should be answering this because he literally wrote a book about this. Uh, I, I don't know if he wants to throw in a little I bit mean, and tell me everything I've answers. done wrong.
3: You're right. It's terrible. It's hard. <laughs> it's terrible. No, I mean, that's. I think that's kind of what I wrote in the book that like, it's really hard. Uh, you you know, you take, because I, so I don't want to get too sidetracked, but um, the thing is, there's a lot. The, the reason I wrote a book in the first place is because there's a lot of stuff out there about running campaigns that are kind of like, look at this famous person who ran this campaign and made a million dollars and whatever. And they don't really contextualize it for somebody, you know, for people like us, who are basically going to rely on a much smaller audience, a much less engaged, you know, audience. And so um, I was trying to develop sort of best practices for how you gather together the people, because you're mostly going to get backing from your friends, family, and people who are kind of, related to the communities that you're in or if you have a target community for a specialized project and so i wanted to write a book that was kind of talking about that experience and basically what steven said it's terrible it, it it trista as you said it's basically a full-time job um you need to plan out you know 30 days of things to be constantly talking about so you're not just posting every day being like i've got a campaign give me money i've got a campaign give me money um and it's 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 hard that's the answer yes
2: i th- I think the uh the the brass ring of k ca- of crowdfunding in general uh the the promise of it is something that still is hard to grab it's and the promise is like um that you could get a whole bunch of strangers on board to throw in a little bit of money like if i could find you know 10,000 strangers to throw in five bucks, for instance, you know, that's the ideal for me. Instead, like Michael said, you end up kind of relying a lot on the communities that you're already a part of. So I have, you know, I personally know people who've put in some very big ticket pledges and I'm, I'm, I cannot overstate my appreciativeness to them. I, I thank them so much, uh, but it's not, it's, it stings a little, you know, it's, it would be better to have, like I said, 10,000 people throw 5 bucks. That would that would be my perfect dream uh scenario. It's tough. It's tough to make that happen uh because, you know, who has that kind of reach, right? I I am <laughs> doing I, a go, great job, Stephen. You're doing a great I, job. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, uh, Gerline and Anthony. So, you know, right now you're waiting for the Kickstarter to finish. But, like, what are you doing to prepare? Do you have a script out for the uh, for the short or for? Your it's so
2: funny that you picked them. I'm sorry, I'm gonna let them answer. I was <laughs> trying to get everyone. Involved. <laughs> um. Uh.
6: No, we're doing interstitials, so like, I we're like the last people. We're gonna be doing anything, so. I'm
5: the way I've been describing it is that we're like the mortar to everyone's bricks, you know, like the other filmmakers are going to make their scenes and we're going to like tie it all together with them to make it a, a whole film instead of a collection of separate films.
1: That's interesting. When you do something like that, I assume you, you have to talk to each of the individual people as opposed, you know, to get their take on what their thing is. And also to fit the, the whole, uh, the whole anthology itself.
5: Right. Yeah. We've been all meeting together and talking about everything or as, as many people that can show up. So yeah, it's going to come to a point where we're going to have to like really get with everyone and get it all right. And we actually haven't discussed, we haven't discussed that far down the road, how it's going to all come together, the editing and all that. So that'll be interesting too. Like,
1: along those Very lines you know, we've all seen anthologies where it literally is people made a bunch of shorts by themselves not even connected and they put them together so that so they are like a, a feature which that can be cool and stuff but they're already connected with the with the uh, with the thing war- yeah,
2: yeah yeah but
1: uh, how, besides that is there gonna be any connection like uh, the, the tone or anything like that?
2: I don't, uh, this is something we've been talking about a lot and I don't want to, if somebody uh, else, I don't want to, I don't want to monopolize the conversation here, but like, this is something we've been talking about a lot and it will not, uh, it was very important to me. I don't want to, I don't want to sound disparaging. Uh, I have loved, like I've got, I'm fuck, I've watched the ABCs of death two probably 19 times. Cause I just love it so much, but, uh, it was always important to me that the movie be a cohesive whole you know, that it not just be like um, a bunch of uh, uh, disjoint or disparate uh, segments together. And the filmmakers seem very on board with that. So we've been discussing a lot of like, I think our tones are going to go all over the place. I think our tones and our, even our genres are probably going to go all over the place, but they're going to be these little anchor points of theme and uh, even like recurring... um, recurring motifs that pop up
6: yes sorry
2: <laughs> i think my my new fucking light that i just charged up is dying damn it i'm well, sorry <laughs> um but yeah no that's a good question i'm glad you brought that up i yeah um so.
1: yeah well uh michael lacrosse who just ate his uh, hash browns uh, <laughs> what did you pre- to prepare for that are you talking with the other filmmakers yeah, we have been
7: talking um, pretty regularly. I for for me I definitely like wanted the parasite to maybe move between like a colony of cats and just like see what was going on with that. But uh I'm um, very
1: excited about the cat. but I, I
7: I had the parasite like out in um my like office which is in my like middle room and I have some friends in and out here and there and my friend um Kelly saw it and just was kind of turned on by its like phallic nature and was like, just thought it was like a a dildo I had just like lying around. And um, from there, um, me and my friend Iris just kind of started writing this concept um, where Kelly, my friend has this kind of, I won't spoil anything, but a, a close relationship to a dead parasite because these things are very still, you know, like just around the house. So I got excited about seeing In in my piece, I think I'm incorporating a dead parasite, aside from one um, living. It would be
1: easier to maybe work with, I guess. Interesting. Uh, Warren, will yours be animated?
6: Yeah, I I want to work with animation and um, kind of, in general, I like to move between different styles of of animating and and, and different styles of filmmaking. Um, So hopefully it'll be a mixture of, well, okay, my, my My huge dream is to is to actually work with uh, a lot of like um, decaying material and like time lapse of like do like some stop motion of um, of like plants gr- both growing and decaying, but um, maybe even work with slime molds and um, like so re- representations of the worm in other mediums um, as well as using the actual worm. In different like real life scenarios, it's going to be a little bit. I think we're still figuring things out, but I might be working on what will end up being um, kind of an origin story for the the parasite. That's getting really like really hist- like going ancient mythology, um, t- sort of tying tying it into a um, a, cre- a creation story for the parasite. Um, but uh, I would love to be able to work with. Specifically, um, like organic material and puppets, and do it do like a time lapse of them, like kind of like so the puppets are moving while the plants are kind of like you know pulsating and growing along with them. I, I, and I have space to do it now because I'm not allowed to do it at home. My husband said I'm <laughs> <laughs> allowed to experiment with molds. I
1: uh, think that, that's a fair rule. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh you when you mentioned earlier about making teeth do the people at work do they know that you make these weird movies not
6: yet they're gonna <laughs> I'm, <gonna. laughs> I'm chatty so
0: <laughs> oh, wow. very cool.
1: uh michael uh, epstein do you have any um do you have any plans for your uh for your sake
3: yeah yeah um it's it's been exciting to meet with everyone and work through because we all you know many of us brought kind of first drafts of scripts or ideas together and then from that a lot of little things uh helped inform kind of the mythology and the and the the biomechanics of the parasite and so as we have those discussions i think our stories at least for us our story has evolved a lot and we have a lot of different ideas about it but um, we, we just want to use it as an excuse to like do some things that we haven't gotten a chance to do, uh, like shoot in a, on a spaceship set. And, um, I mean, it's going to depend <laughs> have on, a spaceship, uh, Andy, uh, there are spaceship sets that are available to us that do just, you know, the financials are, are the question at this point. And then, um, we have, we, we really just want to have, um, like an old astronaut guy, yell and curse at children a lot that's just really appealing to us and we have an idea about who we want to cast for that which i won't say but you can guess and um we'll see about you know whether that can happen what i kind of have a guess but i don't know i'm sure you know
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love the idea of cursing at children i feel like i should have made that a a requirement (laughs) for every segment
3: it it definitely uh you know it's it has a high appeal space and cursing at children are the two (laughs) main, main elements of ours yeah
7: Children uh, cursing is more appealing to me. <laughs> Watch well, children curse it's or
2: like The children will
3: also curse in ours. Yeah, the children will also curse. I don't want to <laughs> I don't wanna you know limit it. It's, it's a bi-directional, it's a give.
2: <laughs> there was an idea floated in one of the meetings about requiring a uh, somebody to poop themselves in every segment, but I got shot down pretty hard on that.
1: <laughs> it's always the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Tim Matt M- Maddon here in the chat. Uh when you experiment with mold, you end up with the resident evil type situations. So, this warning oh, about the mold.
6: You it's know, Jeremy well Oh sorry.
1: I was just saying Jeremy Long oh, says lot. but what were you gonna say about the, the mold? Yeah, what well,
6: I haven't been able to experiment with slime mold yet, but I've been I've been I've done some experiments with like just letting some food get moldy over time and like trying to like I like to do collages like out of them.
1: It's not an accident. Yeah.
6: <laughs> oh, wait, did I say accidentally? Yeah. Um, it's uh, I I did this thing where I like took some some bread and strawberries and like tried to make a collage out of it and then do a time lapse. Of, of, my idea was like to do a bunch of. Uh, short answer is. Um, have just begun my my experiments,
0: so we'll see. If we have, <laughs> we'll,
6: see if we just, we'll see if we end up with a Resident Evil. Doctor
1: Frankenstein over here. Yeah. What
2: what is what is slime mold? I don't think I'm. <laughs> I, I didn't want to ask because I thought maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like microscopic mold, maybe.
0: Yeah, right? It's like They're a like bunch really...
6: of like um like um unicellular organisms that like kind of cluster. I'm gonna get this wrong too because I'm like just just absorbing this information. So this lots of cool youtube videos about them they're they're like unicellular organisms i'm pretty sure they swarm together they clump together and form this um kind of community a gelatinous community that um exhibits signs of intelligence even and um they they're fast it's fascinating it um, sounds
1: like a wrong road to go down i don't
2: know <laughs> <laughs> Then what harm could possibly befall?
1: <laughs> I like that you can learn anything on the, you know YouTube. I learned to learn, I learned to tie a tie once and <laughs> I learned to use like Adobe Illustrate and she's learning about molds that have intelligence and <laughs> yeah intelligent molds and yep, you know. interesting. Uh, Girlie and Anthony, uh, how's the dog doing?
5: <laughs> well, he's biting himself so you can see he's got his oh, collar on okay. to keep him I arm. thought maybe he had a surgery Chewing his ass off.
6: Right. I take him out in public like this because I feel like everyone should know. Like yeah. he, I like to humiliate him.
1: It's his cap. <laughs> <laughs> he looks happy though. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs>
6: he's used to it. Now. Ignorance
1: is bliss. <laughs> well, the cat earlier in the background as well.
5: Oh yeah. Oh, she's gone now. Yeah, yeah. we've got
1: four cats, two
5: dogs, so there's a lot of activity around. Michael,
4: now. if you want to go back to the cat idea, we have cat actors
5: oh all right yeah yeah Yeah. maybe we can match them up i like this image
7: i like this image of your dog with like the airplane thing on it's really cute (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe maybe we can incorporate that as well
0: sure yeah yeah.
6: i um i took the worm outside and i like there's an outside cat that's like super friendly and laid back and he like laid on his back and i like placed it on him like
5: on his belly And I have a
6: photo.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Maybe we could
5: use that
0: for promotion. Yeah. Yeah. um, I'll send it to you.
2: um, uh, Side note, uh, since you mentioned it, we do have a perk right now uh, that um, Ms. Blanche the dog is going to deign to have herself photographed with the worm on Polaroid. And uh, so you can get some Polaroids, anybody listening, you can get some Polaroids of Blanche with um with the worm with Spoogee or I don't know what Michael's worm's name is yeah Spoogee's fine yeah Blanche
3: is not she's um she's tolerant of Spoogee but not a, not a fan I would say not a. she's not really into it she's just kind of like mm. but we can get her to stay still long enough to take beautiful Polaroid pictures so you know
2: <laughs> different different strokes for different folks I guess you know
1: yeah well Blanche make an appearance in your film <laughs>
3: Uh, it's it, we haven't figured out how yet but it feels like it's it's inevitable
1: <laughs> uh, Tristan, do you have a question
4: yeah I know Michael's here in la but I'm wondering what the indie film scene is um, where where you guys all are what what it's like is there a, like a thriving indie uh, film community in, in all of your locations
7: Wait, where are you lauren I forget
4: I'm well, I guess right now I'm in
6: western mass um which i mean uh yeah the the like kind of the five college area has like a huge kind of a uh, film and arts and you know just like a college vibe um sorry, I used the word vibe, but um <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: i I say vibe too it's it's all
6: but
1: <laughs> oh. um, I, I didn't know it was a bad thing no <laughs>
6: No, no, it's a great okay. thing. It's good. We're all we're very cool. And um, um, Boston, I'm learning more about. I'm, I'm I'm excited to learn a little bit more about because I've I've just um I'm starting a residency with the Boston Center for the Arts. Um, and uh, we got to tour the studios. There's a there's a some some studios that look like there's eccentric filmmakers in them. Got the film posters all all over them. Um, I don't know. I don't know yet that much about Boston, but it seems like there's a. a a big community oh. especially with the boston underground film festival now i'm thinking about it sorry to keep going but
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> the i feel first like festival i ever went to mm. I, I feel like like girleen
7: anthony and myself are probably like um three of like five doing more subversive or underground stuff uh, <laughs> in new orleans but um no there's a really nice thriving um independent film community in New Orleans that are yeah, really, really, sure. really supportive and uh, nourishing of um, our stuff. The it,
2: there's Orleans. a, a sick, another Sick and Wrong alumna, uh, alumni, alumnus from New Orleans named Joe Badon, who's also trying to raise money for a movie right now, but I don't want to oh, talk darn. about it because I'm trying to raise money for my movie. How
0: about
2: where you, where you are, Stephen? Is there a, is there a big community, an uh, independent film community? I, um, i'm gonna i'm gonna try to be guarded with my answer um <laughs> there, <laughs> does, there does not seem to be a, a much of a community for weird movies <laughs> uh there is a large i think you know we have in this town we have u uh, c f which has a, a a pretty solid film program and then we have full sale and a lot full sale turns out fucking fifty thousand graduates every year or whatever but um so there's a lot of people in orlando making stuff but i swear uh it is bizarre to me how few submissions i ever get to the festival from orlando uh i I barely get stuff from florida most of the stuff i get from florida comes from like fsu or uh, uf even but um i rarely get anything from orlando which you know i'm really bad at doing stuff uh and it's it's kind of hard to get orlandoans to come out i think i frequently have more visiting filmmakers come to the live festival than orlandoans come out and bring their butts to the seats but anyway so yeah there's a lot of people in orlando making movies they're just not it doesn't seem to be a thriving uh heart of weirdness that's why i went to all over the planet to get like there's none of the none of the filmmakers on fat Felicia fingers are anywhere near me i think the closest they get is you folks in new orleans
1: did I cut you off, Michael, when you were going on about New Orleans? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's, sorry. The,
2: uh... <laughs> He's trying to get a piece of pie now.
1: Right. Hey, <laughs> what's
0: up?
1: <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Well, he'll give you a good tip. <laughs> yeah, I
7: definitely need to give a good tip. There's, I'm, just like the language that I'm using, I I'm, oh. haven't been really thinking about it, but I've had a couple of people Kind of give me some bad luck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, back in the day, I used to do uh, the film series Dinner and a Movie with my friend Annabelle, and we would literally just set it up in restaurants and film And so I know about all the weird things he would say. <coughs> oh. A lot of late nights, not in the Waffle House, but night hops. <laughs> man i grew up in it with a denny that actually still had like a smoking section do y'all
7: remember that and like it just like Every the whole place, was place smoking smelled like cigarettes was yeah. Yeah. who was
2: who was the comedian who said having a smoking session in a restaurant is like having a peeing section in a pool <laughs> That's absolutely correct I mean, it so, was
1: really common when i but i'm an old man
2: Yeah, same here. <laughs> i remember golden corral and that little like half wall that would separate the smoking section inside it's like oh if you sit on this side obviously you're not going to get any smoke on you it's fine
1: <laughs> oh, yeah wendy's Probably the grossest thing I've ever been to was the smoking room in the atlanta airport uh, oh god my brother's like smoker and that's like everything's just covered in ash <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. sounds <laughs> I like, like, like i'll, my, I'll my... meet you about there you can you can have your, your so, sounds so, like my, my
2: grandfather's car when i got in. <laughs> i don't know okay i don't
0: know what Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: New Orleans. Oh yeah, it's in New Orleans.
1: Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> dude, is there is there a community there in New Orleans?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of local filmmakers, but like like Mike was saying, it's pro- not as many. I guess subversive and weird people, maybe. I don't know.
4: Like
6: we always end up like at New Orleans Film Festival, we end up in like the midnight block <laughs> section like we, we're not put in like the serious sections we just are in like the midnight shorts yeah so we end so. up
5: like really away from all of the other local filmmakers because we're like too weird you know? <laughs> but michael's usually there too so <laughs> uh My-
2: michael epstein do you are there a lot of filmmakers in your area
3: uh i haven't met any yet but uh <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, there's some no, th- actually, there's, um, you know, you think uh, Los Angeles is just like uh, big industry crap, but there's actually a, a hu- huge community of, of weirdos who just come here to make weird art. And um, so it's, it's actually, I think it's, it's quite, it's been quite, um, working with people here. And I think there's uh, a lot of support for strange, for strange things and strange doings in general. So, and, and we came from Boston. So Boston Underground, I, you know, give a shout out to because I was mentioned. Boston Underground was like our home fest. I think without Boston Underground, we would have probably quit filmmaking about ten years ago and never have done anything since. So I think the only reason we're even here is because everybody at Boston Underground was like ni-
0: way too nice to us and supportive of
1: us. <laughs> so. I met Michael when they were in Boston. That's how I got to know him originally. Uh, How
0: about? Sorry,
1: uh, I was just going to say how how um since you said there wasn't a big uh, weird film community where you are, how did Uh,
2: this is a good story? Um, uh, I so okay, there are probably film fest veterans uh, listening to this or watching this or sitting in the room with me right now who uh, had the experience I had way earlier than I did. But, uh, I, in 2013, I started volunteering at the Florida film festival, which is one of those big, um, like prestige Oscar qualifying festivals here in Orlando. Um, and I volunteered at the festival and it's a great festival. I've nothing but great things to say about the festival. Uh, it's a great festival, but, um, the first year I volunteered, you know, you get to go watch the movies. I went to the Midnight Shorts program, not knowing what midnight movies were. Like the, uh, I didn't have any kind of like basis of reference for what was go- what I was going to see. So I went in there, and from the very first movie, I like to I like to call it out every time uh, somebody asks me this, even if I sort of embarrass the creator. There's a guy named Steve Girard who made a short film called Wad Up, and it's about two and a half minutes long and it changed my life. I, it just absolutely like my fucking brain melted out of my face. Uh, I had never known before that moment, I, my exposure to outsider movies or to uh, um, um, what's the word you uh, subversive movies was very, very limited. Um, and I had never known that you could just make something so bizarre. So, so defiant, of what I thought movies were supposed to be. And so in just the span of this two and a half minutes at the beginning of the, the midnight shorts at Florida film festival, I just, I, my whole life turned around. I suddenly knew what kind of, what I wanted to create. I knew I was a filmmaker. I'd gone to film school. uh, But at that point I suddenly realized, oh, this is what I want to do is I want to make these fucking weird ass movies. And then uh, I loved it so much, but it's only like, I don't know, 5% of the festival as a whole is the midnight stuff. And then the rest of the movies are great, but they're all the kind of movies you could go to with your mom or your like normal people. Uh, I wanted, where's the, where's the festival that's dedicated to nothing but this weirdo shit, you know? And there wasn't anything near me that was dedicated. There were horror festivals, sure. Uh, and horror is great, but it doesn't quite encapsulate the thing I'm talking about right now, you know? So I said, mm, I'll do it. Why, why not me? I'm a mediocre white guy who has no idea what the hell he's doing. Why don't I just jump into it? (laughs) And I did. And I, I honestly, when I uh, film freeway, made it really easy. Uh, Anybody who wants to start a film festival and they do like, there's 10 million of them now, but like um, I was afraid that first year that I wasn't going to get enough material that I was going to have to go like begging and scraping Um, the stuff that I already seen that I knew I wanted, but I actually had, and this is kept up every year. This is a great problem to have, but every year of the festival, I have had to turn away movies that I love just because I'm so limited by the amount of time that I have in the, in my venues, you know? So that's what it is. Like if you've been to, if you're a film fest veteran, you've been to a bunch of film festivals, sick and wrong is basically an entire festival dedicated to those midnight movies that get shunted down to the end of the program at these regular festivals.
0: <laughs> Perfect for me.
2: What about for you guys, Neil and
7: Trista? Like maybe a movie or a film that kind of shook y'all and got you interested in um this
1: kind of work? Neil, do you want to
4: answer? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean,
1: I answer? Just watching weird movies. Like uh, when I was a kid, I loved Basket Case and. Uh, and the stuff that's probably two of my favorite weird movies and
2: stuff stuff. I stuff. just watched that for the first time.
1: <laughs> I should have, I have a hat that has a bunch of uh, painted images of weird stuff and it's got basket case and the uh, stuff on, but th- th- those are probably, I mean, I like, the, I love creep show, but that's not really mainstream, but I would say that's a little more mainstream than, than basket case or, uh, or the stuff. But I, li- I just really love movies. I mean, I love the Godfather and, and things like that, but um, to me, if I liked it is all that mattered. When I was a kid, I didn't really think too much different of watching the Godfather watching Basket case. It was just like I like these movies but and then when you get old you realize oh not everyone you know is into, uh, into these bizarre uh, <laughs> strange movies and, and uh, but I don't know. I, I would say those are probably and then um, but they still every once in a while you still see something that's really weird like uh, the greasy Strangler and it kind of brings me back to like, oh, like you could still make something that's totally strange. Like you think by now, you know, you maybe you can't. You've run out of ideas of, of weird stuff, but you can still make something that is totally bizarre.
2: Well, um, not to jump in, I, I want to hear just answer. But just as a side note, um, I'm still like on top of trying to run the Kickstarter campaign at the, at this moment, I'm trying not to let, because submissions are open for sick and wrong right now. And so I'm trying not to let the submissions, my queue get too long. I'm trying to keep up on my queue and yeah, people are still making some pretty weird shit and it's delightful. I'm loving it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, When I found the, the, the festivals um, it was a great experience because I got to see a lot of weird stuff that uh, because doing the show. We got a lot of um, screeners for movies and I won't name names, but a lot of them are just kind of run of the mill stuff that, you know, it's like the haunted house movie and it's some of those can stand up, but a lot of them are just basically the same movie you've seen a million times. And it's not, there very exciting. But then if you see something really bizarre to me, that's a lot more exciting. If there's just something weird about it, or you could tell people made it, had fun or just something different about it. But uh, I agree. <laughs>
4: Steven, you mentioned uh, submissions are open. Do you want to tell people where they can submit
2: their film? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, like, the, I guess the easiest thing to do is go to sickandwrongfilm.com. That's sickandwrongfilm.com. Uh That's our website. But uh, if you are a filmmaker, you're probably already on Film Freeway. You can search for Sick and Wrong on Film Freeway. It's wrong. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I'm really, really bad at naming things except for I'm, I feel good about fat fleshy fingers as a name. I like that a lot, but uh, um, otherwise I'm really bad at naming my own movies and naming the festival and stuff. Uh, so sick and wrong is on film freeway. Um, there is a, there is uh, this is, we've been doing this for years um, and I, I try not to crow about it too much, but for years we've been offering the representation discount, which is a, this year it's a 25% discount to any film that was directed, specifically directed by um, anybody from an underrepresented community. A woman filmmaker, a trans filmmaker, um, a black, indigenous, uh, Asian, Latino filmmaker, um, uh, a disabled filmmaker. Anybody uh, who's directed a movie uh, and is a member of one of these communities can just send me a message and I'll give you a 25% discount to, to submit But those submissions are going on right now. We actually have, I guess I shouldn't share specific numbers because it's weird, but we have more submissions already, less than two months into the submission period than we've had for, I think, two out of the last five years of the festival. So we got a ton of submissions right now. Keep them coming. I love it. I love it. I'll I'll drown in this stuff. I love it.
1: Very cool. All right. So. Uh, sick and wrong film festival submit your stuff there flat fe- f- fat fleshy fingers so you say you like this name
2: what, what, Is there a story behind the name i like the name too by the way i the the name it's okay so it's a direct i stole it i wish i i wish i had been the first human to ever string these three words together uh-huh. but i stole this it's a lyric from a song really by a band called neutral milk hotel and Uh, It's a lyric from a song called Oh Comely off their, their, their big record uh, in the aeroplane over the sea. And when I grabbed it and I would love to hear from the other filmmakers on this. uh, When I grabbed it, I grabbed it because it was a, it was a, it was a little sequence that always kind of stuck in my head as being kind of disconcerting and vaguely dirty and uh, just kind of had this, this, this weird, kind of aura of grossness to it uh, like grossness and sexiness at the same time but but uh there isn't anything really overt about it um and and i just loved how suggestive it was and i grabbed it thinking you know neutral milk hotel that's that band i listened to back in 1998 no, nobody cares like nobody's gonna catch this this is gonna be a nice little easter egg and then i started talking to the filmmakers it turns out fucking everybody in the world loves neutral milk hotel <laughs>
1: Well, what did everyone think of the name when when you heard it? Yeah, Lauren, what did you think of the name when you heard like, hey, do you want to be involved in fat fleshy fingers?
6: I like it. Um, I like that it's awkward to say. I feel like, well, because my name is, I I feel like I always have a hard time saying Slinner. like like FL words <laughs> are kind of. Uh, they get like stuck in your stuck in your mouth, but they I feel a weird like
2: mouth feel. Yeah,
1: that, that, interesting. Your fingers get stuck in my mouth very often.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: um, see, yeah, no, no. It, it's just sounds so dirty. Even like, anyway, I'm sorry, Lauren.
6: <laughs> I like it, and I I also just love the idea of of um as a collagist like plucking things out of the context that they're usually in and and giving them a new story so i I love the idea of of us all kind of um looking at the same material in a way like this so we're all riffing off of um neutral milk hotel i love it
1: I wonder if uh, do they know of this? I wonder if I wonder if they'll be happy about this movie. I
2: think, I think Michael Epstein's good friends with Jeff Mangum. It's like you, uh, uh, you guys not, text each other?
1: Friend. Yeah, no. Uh, I so
3: in the airplane over the sea is is, is my favorite album ever. Um, and I used to play in a ukulele tribute band to Neutral Milk Hotel called Neutral Uke Hotel, where we played this album every uh. night and toured around the country. And um, it was more like facilitating a sing-along than like performing almost, because it has an amazing... There's something very special about this record that it has this like... It's not mainstream known, but the people who love it, like really, really love it and know every word to it and just want to like you know, scream it as loud as they can. And um, the band kind of quit immediately after putting out the record and it got a big following. So they never, they only toured for a short time. So most people had never seen them live. So when we created this thing, you know, we would play it and people would just be like have, I mean, I, it's not because of us, but it, it, it even for me, it felt like <laughs> almost like what a religious experience I guess would be for, for people where it's like a really, really cathartic emotional experience. And um, we, a- after we did that for a few years, um, we had kind of cleared it with their lawyers, I guess, sort of through some channels, like they were fine with it. And then eventually they came back and started playing again live. So we retired doing it. We, we forced them to come back. Cause they're like, these guys are ruining our music. We need to, we <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so that was a roundabout answer to me saying that I love the record. I think it actually embodies the same kind of spirit as what Steven is doing with sick and wrong, where it's like, it's really, really hard to explain what's beautiful about it. But, um, the, the record is kind of, you know, like if you listen to it, you might not even really understand any of it, but it's ostensibly he read the the Diary of Anne Frank and um, got really like sort of embedded in the mindset of like what it's like to be a, a victim lost to time and all the potential lost as a result of that. And um, wanted to create this story about like, living across time and like uh, almost not, not quite like rescuing Anne Frank, but like, so there's something about that with it. And, um, the idea that you can look at like beauty across time in a way, I, I, that's a very abstract and pretentious way to talk about it, but it's like, it's just a really amazing record. And there's so many like great lines and great moments in it. And I think we're probably going to name our segments. Am I spoiling it? We're probably going to name our segments after like little lyric snippets from the, from the album. Um, so anyway, if you like that record, I feel like this movie will also be something that might might speak to you. You know, it's the, the same kind of spirit, even though it's really nothing. It's not like it's based on it or, or exactly similar. but right.
0: Yeah. And there were
7: some I, other. Uh, sorry. Th- there, were, there were some other good um, suggestions for names in reference of, of other, like, I think one was like Jeff Magnum's Little Problem, or like Orgy of the Blood Parasite. Orgy of the Blood Parasite. Think, uh, who <laughs> came yeah. up with Sharing is Caring? Sharing is was, Caring, yeah, I, I did I that one. No. That. I was into that. I was, I voted for that one. I was into that. <laughs> but I think if we're going with titling our segments, I, I've been kind of um, thinking about all the different ways to die for mine.
6: i like we move to feel I, mine
2: that's really good if uh if you'll forgive me a little bit of shamelessness here for a second if somehow somebody listening to this has not heard in the airplane over the sea yet uh you have a unique opportunity right now don't listen to it yet All right. I love the album. I want you to listen to it. Just don't listen to it yet because one of the perks that you can get your hands on, and this is not going to be broadcast over the internet. This is like I said, all the perks on the campaign are specifically for backers. So one of the perks you can get your hands on is a karaoke video album of the filmmakers behind this movie doing all the songs from In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. And you have, if you haven't heard the the original album yet, which you should definitely listen to, just not yet, you have this unique opportunity to hear us mangle it first, <laughs> and then you can listen to the real thing.
5: I love it. So this might be a good time to bring up that I don't think either of us have ever listened to any of these songs. So.
0: <laughs> That's
2: perfect yes all right fired uh they're off the project sorry it was nice (laughs) nice having you
1: (laughs) without that knowledge what did you guys think of the name i was down for the name yeah i like the name uh yeah
0: yeah
5: i think we have the album around here on vinyl too i think we've just never actually listened to
6: (laughs) there's an instrumental song and 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 i've already called that one for the karaoke (laughs) <laughs> um, but no because i no, i will sing the trumpet noises i'm very good at
3: it. <laughs> it's such a cool like weird sound like so when we used to play that we, we had a trumpet player in the band and he would do the like squawky it had, for anybody who knows it it has a squawky trumpet like it's not really notes i don't really know how to explain it but that was like a favorite moment of everybody i, I don't know why it's a really neat like weird I don't. I, it's it's hard to explain any of this without the context of hearing it. But
2: and uh, and you you just described the festival and everything the yeah. festival's <laughs> ever. Done. It's so hard to explain if you're not just looking at it.
1: So uh, it's on Kickstarter, and and it's uh the the Kickstarter does it. I hate to bring this up, but if it doesn't meet
2: meet the goal, <coughs> it's not going to happen. You I are can't correct.
6: Can't afford any slime mold then? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you are correct. So the way Kickstarter works, and not everybody knows this because there's a lot of other uh platforms out there, crowdfunding platforms that do things differently. Um, but the way Kickstarter works is first of all, and this this I have to pound this into my friends heads all the time, but the first of all, nobody pays. N- nobody gets charged anything until the campaign ends, right? For us, that is this coming thursday at 11 a.m the campaign will be over this coming thursday at 11 a.m um, the J- uh, july 1st 11 a.m so first of all nobody gets charged if or until until the campaign is over the other thing that you were just talking about neil is that this is Kickstarter is a totally all or nothing proposition which means if we don't at least hit our goal no money changes hands at all so uh I mean, we get nothing and you pay nothing and no movie gets made. That's not true. Um, I have. So I, I promised when I brought all these filmmakers on, I promised to pay them some production money out of my pocket. Uh, but I'm super, super broke. And the amount that they would get would be I, I probably insulting. Is that uh, is that fair to say, like the amount of money that I would offer you guys is pretty insulting? Um, so, uh, we would really, really appreciate everybody's help getting this. We're pretty close. We're, we're close to the end there. We're, we're not far from the finish line, but we, we could use a little boost.
1: Uh, Wait. what was, the, uh, what made, I'm sorry, not interrupt you. I was just wondering, why did you go with Kickstarter? What is, what is the benefits of Kickstarter?
2: So to me, the, okay. So there, uh, I think of it in terms of like, um, if if you can, if you contrast Kickstarter's all or nothing model with Indiegogo's flexible model, for instance, right. With uh, Indiegogo's model. I I mean, you can, it doesn't matter Uh, with, with the flexible, with a flexible goal. um, People put in their money expecting to get a certain perk, right? Like we have a perk for instance, where you can get uh, the, you can get your own worm, right? We have a perk where you can get your own worm. Um, that is a big deal because there's a very finite number of worms. So there's a pretty high ticket on that perk, right? Uh, if we went with a flexible goal and somebody pledged for that worm, but then we didn't make our overall goal. Well, now we're sort of still morally obligated to give this person the worm, but we don't have the money that we have decided we needed to make the movie with, you know? Does that make sense? I don't want to I don't want to sh- I don't want to hamstring the filmmakers uh with a with you know much less money than uh than they need to make their segments. Uh I just feel like it's it's kind of um I don't know, it's kind of sketchy. There's a lot uh, I God, I don't want to I don't want to spend an hour talking about this. I really could. I, I spent a long time thinking about which format to go with and another big thing is the cost of fulfillment, right? Um, If you have a flexible goal and only the like some 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 perks cost me more money than other perks, for instance, like a digital only perk tends to not cost as much as something I have to mail to somebody. But if we had a flexible goal and everybody bought expensive perks well then all the money we get goes to perk fulfillment and then we don't have very much money to make the movie. Anyway, there's a lot of considerations I personally think. And, uh, and I, and I did the, I did think this before I read Michael's book, but Michael's book kind of agrees with me that um, Kickstarter is probably the most straightforward way to go about this kind of thing uh, because you don't want to, you know, if you're trying to make a movie and you raise a thousand dollars on a flexible goal, well, all those people who gave you that thousand dollars kind of still expect to get whatever they asked for. And so now you have to give them what 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 you promised them and also still make a movie out of it. And I just I just feel like that's a tough way to go.
1: Yeah. Uh, what were you about to say, Michael, if I think I interrupted you? I, probably well, I was too. just going to say we're not going to be able to afford spaceships or cursing children
0: unless
3: this campaign uh, yeah. comes through. Cursing so, children, you know, it, they, they are, they do cost a premium. They money. do. They do co- well, I, one thing I want to say, I'm sorry, I, I always uh, ramble, but um, I think like there's really an opportunity for people who want to support artists because everybody's always like, Oh, everybody, they just make Marvel movies and all this stuff. And there's no like interesting you, new ideas and whatever, but like, for a project like this, every dollar you put into this is like really being stretched as far as it possibly can be stretched. Like every filmmaker involved in this knows how to make something that really, really exceeds the amount of money that they're actually, you know, you the, the cash money that they're actually using. And so like, I, you know, I know, okay, yeah, you, you pay for Netflix and and you get 500 movies. So in a way, like this is a bad value to, to, to support one movie for or $30 or $50, but it's really like an investment in, into like creating art in the world that I think should, you know, deserves to be made. I mean, I I know I'm biased in this project, but I think this kind of thing is what deserves to be made and be out there and be supported. And it's an opportunity for people to put their money where their mouth is when they say like, Oh, I'm sick of just seeing, you know, money go to $500 million movies. I want to see some, some independent art. This movie will be unique. It will be different. And every filmmaker has a really strong voice. That's why Stephen picked everybody um, because they, every person involved, and I've seen films from everybody involved, they, they have amazing talents, individual uh, voices, and, and ways of generating kind of ideas that are different than anything else you will see. And I, I said to Stephen before that we're all kind of chaotic, neutral filmmakers. <laughs> and he brought together a bunch of like crazy... You know, people are going to be individuals and do their own thing. And so he's doing the really hard work of taking a bunch of crazy, chaotic, neutral people and reeling them in so we can create something that's unified um, and powerful and has, you know, a, a kind of a story that's that's threaded together. And, and I hate to use the word synergy, but is, is a synergistic presentation of everybody's talents. So that was, that's my rant anyway. So please, uh, you know, look at the campaign and, and throw some money at it.
1: Very yeah. well said. Uh, Tristan, did you have one more question?
4: Yeah, so let's say someone at home is super charmed by you and they want... Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they believe in everything that Michael has just said, right? And um, But maybe they don't know that much about uh, filmmaking. Can you just real quick maybe explain what the money goes to exactly?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in large part, it's gonna it's gonna vary so much uh, between the different filmmakers. Uh, for instance, like Michael has said, he wants to get a uh, um, and I, I don't want to trivialize. Like I've read his treatment for it, and it's it's amazing. But he wants to get a a, a spaceship set, uh, and and that those are not cheap. Um, uh, I know that. Lauren has an idea. I don't know if she's still toying with it or not, but she has an idea about building a, a planar camera, a multiplane camera, because she's an animator. And uh, having a multiplane camera is what, I, I don't know whether everybody knows this or, but or already or not, uh, but it was news. St- um, anyway, a multiplane camera is what makes all of, what made all of Disney's old animations so amazing. Right?
6: Actually, Lottie Reiniger should get the credit. You Disney are- gets it.
2: You are a hundred percent right. I watched the Lottie documentary and I I felt bad while I was saying that she, but she sadly did not get famous from it. But yeah, she, um, Lauren can build a a multi-plane camera if she has a little bit more money. Um, uh, I I don't know what everybody's um, uh, we have, I guess at this point in the campaign, my goal was to introduce all the filmmakers over the course of the month, but because schedules are such a fucking nightmare i haven't been able to introduce anybody so i'm gonna go ahead and spill some beans here for the viewers of without your head some of our filmmakers one of our filmmakers is anthony cousins who uh made a movie that a lot of people saw called when susurris stirs and then he made a, another movie called uh the bloody bout of squirt reynolds and uh he is a very um uh his he's got a incredible knack for practical effects Uh, he's got, he's made some fucking amazing practical effects, but you know, that stuff costs money. Um, So uh, I'm not exactly sure what he has planned yet, but uh, I know that it's going to be heavy on that kind of stuff. Um, Then, uh, man, who else? We have a filmmaker in Finland. And by the way, everybody in Finland, I guess is born with like, a subversive filmmaking degree or something, because everything that comes out of Finland is just fucking amazing and weird. <laughs> so we have a filmmaker in Finland who's going to, uh, uh, be shooting a piece and he's another big, um, practical effects and large set, you know, uh, they can make, they can really make their money stretch over there in Finland, I guess, because of like government art support and things like that. But anyway, I guess I'm sorry. The short answer, Trista is that everybody has different, um, uh, different, uh, requirements for the money that they need some people are going to be paying actors some people are going to be paying a lot for effects some people are going to be paying a lot for scenery Uh, this is all the kind of stuff that you know hollywood wants you to think that they can replace with cg (laughs) except it, it never works that way you know this is all the stuff that makes the movie feel real and makes it makes it fun to watch and uh it's 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 not free, we're not asking for a lot, you know we're talking about an amount of money that like uh I don't want to keep beating up on Marvel, but like the cost of our entire movie is like craft services for one day on <laughs> Avengers Infinity War Five or whatever you know yeah. <laughs> so we're not asking for a ton of money, and like Michael said, everybody on this project really knows how to stretch a dollar uh but uh i don't know there's a lot of stuff where i'm ta- and at the, at the very least we're talking about taking people's time and i think i think that everybody's time is worth something everybody's time should be worth something um and uh, i just I don't, I don't know i'm rambling i'm i'm, I'm veering off topic <laughs> i just really want all these filmmakers to have the resources they need to make the segments that they've uh, that they've envisioned already
4: so the money goes to the filmmaker. Yes,
2: I'm sorry. I didn't make that clear.
4: Okay. <laughs> oh, yes, I, um,
2: the, there, okay. So normally, I don't know. This is one of the things that I've done dumb. You've asked about running um, a Kickstarter. And uh, one of the things that you absolutely should, if, if somebody out there is thinking about running a Kickstarter, one of the things you absolutely should plan for is to spend between a third and even a half of the money you raise on fulfilling your perks. I didn't do that because I'm a very dumb guy. I have... Uh, I'm going to be carrying the brunt, personally, of the cost of the perk fulfillment. And so, the vast majority of the money that we raise is going straight to the filmmakers. I'm not... I'm The way it's going to break down is Kickstarter is going to take about 9% for fees and stuff. Um, I'm going to take maybe maybe 10% for fulfillment and then everything else is going straight to these guys i'm handing it over to them and uh letting them use it how they see fit to make their movies or their their segments
1: how many uh how many segments will there be
2: at the moment uh there are well I'm, i don't know why i'm saying at the moment we have eight segments plus the interstitials so there are uh there's a total of eight yeah eight segments uh, connected by Gurleen and Anthony's interstitial segments.
1: You know, this is kind of uh, getting, you know, far in the future, but what are the plans once it's done? What would you like to do with it?
2: So what I would really like to do with it is there are a couple of festivals I would like to play it at. I don't want to, I don't want to try to, you know, I'm not judging anybody else's festival strategy at all, but I'm not really interested in trying to rack up a hundred laurels. There's like, four or five festivals that I would really love to get into um, some of which are probably mutually exclusive, but anyway, I would like to have a nice short festival run of, of my big personal biggies that I've always been on my wish list, And then I'd like to go to uh, like a boutique distribution place, some place that's going to give it a nice physical media uh, distribution and put it up where people can see it. Cause that's the whole point. Like the, the impetus, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to try to sound too noble or anything like this, but like, the festival, I have fallen so deeply in love with these filmmakers. and you know, this is honestly, I don't want to I don't want to put any carts before any horses or anything like that, but there's a lot of film fest a lot of sick and wrong alumni, I think deserve more attention, and so this project is really a way for me to take these people whose work I love and try to try to push it out there instead of the other way around where, you know, normally at the festival, all this stuff comes to me and I get to enjoy it and put it on my screen. But now I want to, I want to shove their faces out there. I want to take these guys and put their work out there where other people can see it. And it's all about lifting them up. So I would love to get, you know, like I said, a boutique release or get on some services where people can watch this movie and see and see the great stuff that Michael Arcos makes and and Lauren Flinner and Gerlene Rye Ryan, Anthony Shepard, and Michael Epstein. Well, maybe Michael Epstein. Um, <laughs> you can always cut one of the sites. Sure. Yeah, right. We got a, we got some leeway now.
3: <laughs> yeah, he he accidentally when he sent the email. My, you know, Gmail ch- tries to like recommend people. So when he sent the original <laughs> recruitment email, it recommended me. He accidentally. Clicked that and he felt bad after but it's cool we, we worked it out
2: anyway. <laughs> that happens to me a lot accidentally sending messages to people i don't really want involved in. <laughs> that's a that's a that's an i'm sorry
1: so want we'll the link for uh for the kickstarter um is there anything else that, pe- that people could go to and follow what's going on
2: Uh, Uh, the social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sick and wrong. I don't have Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I hate Twitter. Twitter is a nightmare for me. Um, but I am, the festival is on Instagram and Facebook. And I've been doing a lot of like every week I've been doing these, these drunken rambling Uh, updates on fridays um but i guess next friday the campaign will be over but there's a lot of stuff on the facebook there's a lot of uh videos uh where i've been introducing the filmmakers um and there's uh perk spotlights and things like that that's all been going up on most of it's been on facebook but a lot of it has been on instagram as well and so so far um you know on kickstarter you can post Anyway, there's a bunch of updates on on Kickstarter itself, too. So, like, if you go on the Kickstarter, there's a little tab there for updates. You can see a lot of stuff in that tab because I've made all the updates public so far. You know, I'm not going to try to narrow it down to backer stuff until after the campaign's over. But um, there's a lot of big updates in there with a lot of information. And always... I'm available to message. <laughs> Please message me. Anybody, even, uh, I've been, I've been begging people to message me. If there's a perk that you don't see that you think should be there message me. If you want to offer, uh, a thousand dollars for Anthony to shave his beard, message me. We can make this happen. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Right?
5: Oh uh, man. Yeah. You better jump on that. Cause I almost did it this morning.
2: Oh, oh <laughs> see, <laughs> Uh, Lauren already cut her hair. I guess Could not for late. any money. Yeah.
6: Oh, no. I should have done something. <laughs> I
2: have grooming
3: uh, available for money. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my. Uh, oh, one of the things that's important about a Kickstarter is uh, what obviously we're trying to raise money and please <laughs> please we need your money um obviously we are trying to raise money but also we're trying to find uh, we're trying to build a community for this movie because it's going to come out at some point and at some point it's going to be playing in theaters in a town near where one of the backers lives and we're going to want that backer to go see the go to the theater and go to that festival and watch the movie we want those people out there so we're trying to build a relationship with everybody who helps us make this movie. And that's why all of the perks are so personalized. That's why they're all unique. That's why they're exclusive to this campaign.
4: Very
1: cool.
3: And I don't want to speak for Steven, but the, uh, at the $1 level. So if you, if you really have no money, you can, you can find $1, I think. And, uh, even at the $1 level that puts your name in the credits. And I think the reason that he did that, I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to, he's drinking, so he can't say, but I don't want to, (laughs) but I think the reason he did that is because it really is about building that community. And that we do really value, you know, even if it's not a lot of money, we value the, the um, involvement and the contribution and the, and the support, the idea that you're saying that you want this film to be made so that every, every person counts. So don't feel like, Oh, I don't have a ton of money, so I can't be part of it. $1 is part of it. You know, $10,000 also part of it, but.
6: but- <laughs> $6,000. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of my perks. I'll, I'll do a, a painting for and you can show it off to your k- corporate buddies. I don't know.
2: <laughs> hanging in your, hanging in your, uh, your penthouse office yeah. down at the, uh, the city bank building.
1: <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to uh, this happening and I like everyone involved and I like weird stuff and I love fat fleshy fingers <laughs> So I'm all this has been very fun to talk to everybody.
7: Thank you for having us, Neil and
2: yeah, Trista. Thank you.
4: Thank you guys. Looks
1: thank nice. you. <laughs> it kind of wiggles.
2: It does wiggle. It's, it's unnerving how it moves and it's got, I love the little, like, I don't know why I'm so fascinated with this. This little, little bumpy, like uh, pokey tail. Off,
1: but, you
2: know, <laughs> whatever, you know. Each to their own, I guess. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
1: We'll talk to everyone soon. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you, Trista. Thank you, you, Neil. Thank Thank you, you guys, guys for coming. Everybody, see you later. (laughs) Thanks for watching. And go donate even a dollar, as Michael
2: said. Even a dollar, absolutely. From
6: ancient terrors to the search for modern day
0: conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have listened. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight, mostly. They're coming tonight, mostly. They're coming night! mostly. They're coming tonight, mostly. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Okay.